Hi there, Scott Hamilton back with another review. Uh, This podcast will be about the new 2021 film Red Notice. Well, the short version of this, you pay somewhere between $15 and $18 a month. For Netflix, you should watch this movie. They spent $200 million on it. Watch the movie. There you go. Uh, You know, uh, streaming services, I'm about to cut way back. I didn't have the internet for about two months and really enjoyed life without them. Now that I have some of them back, I'm going to be, you know, using my free month or whatever and then getting back out because I don't know. Some of the content is just not worth it to me. Now, Netflix has been one I've been a member of since back when they sent you discs to the house. And overall, they've picked up shows that were canceled by other networks. They've made movies that were canceled by other studios. I'm very happy with Netflix. Um, I pay for Amazon because basically that's for free shipping. I'd kind of gotten away from that, was thinking about getting rid of it, but I'm back to Amazon shipping now. So there you go. Um, and most of the other services I'm hit or miss on, uh, Disney plus, I tend to get rid of when there's no Marvel content to watch because <laughs> in between there wasn't much, um, not been a big fan of HBO, uh, max. The app was terrible on my PlayStation four, just really bad. Um, Hulu, I've never been a fan of because in the early days when I subscribed, uh, even if you paid, they showed you commercials. I didn't like that at all. Um, not paying for TV on YouTube or anything like that. So, you know, streaming services, I can take or leave, but I've had Netflix for so long, it's hard not to. And with my new setup and the new TV and everything, I had to pay a little bit more a month to get the 4K version because, well, if you have the capability of watching things in Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision, don't you want to? So anyway, long story short, Red Notice is now to the point where Netflix is not just making big movies. They're making absolutely big movies that may not get made any other way. Red Notice, you've got three of the biggest stars on the planet right now with Dwayne Johnson, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Their one paycheck would be enough to pay for any movie that anybody else stars in. But you get all three of these stars and not too many other big names here. This is the uh, second collaboration between Godot and Johnson after the Fast and Furious movies. It is the uh, actually the third between them, the second collaboration between Johnson and Reynolds because they were in Hobbs and Shaw together. And I think Reynolds is going to return for uh, Hobbs and Shaw, too. Now, this movie, I was expecting it to be not bad. You know, how bad could it be with these three people in it? And they spent $200 million on it. And it wasn't. It was It's serviceable. It's definitely not bad. But when it was over, I'm like, wow, they are so setting up another, you know, and they are. It turns out two sequels that will be shot back to back are already green lighted and being discussed right now. So there will be more of Red Notice. I won't get into any spoilers uh, during this review, but I will say if you like these kind of spy caper movies from the late 90s that we don't get anymore, this is that kind of movie. Why they thought Rawson Marshall Thurber could write and direct this movie and have it be a big success, I don't know. The guys made movies like Skyscraper, which was kind of a ripoff on Die Hard, and a few other movies that were just okay. It's not like he's made bad movies, but he hasn't made great movies either. And he gets a $200 million budget and three of the biggest stars on the planet and makes a caper movie that travels all over the world, and there's throwing money at the movie screen. It got a limited theatrical release, and it probably played better in a theater because it does. It's big. There's a lot of locations and stuff. But overall, when it was done, it was funny. I laughed out loud at several points. I think Rock and Gal Gadot could have done a little more comedy. They were pretty much the straight roles, and Ryan Reynolds did most of the heavy lifting as far as the comedy goes. But everybody was kind of funny and likable. And the way it ends, which no spoilers, you do want to see more with the characters that survive the movie. Um, 
but I can't say this is like one of the best movies of the year. It was fine. You know, I, I didn't I didn't pause it. I didn't turn it off. I didn't look at my phone. It is a hair long, but they're trying to do that James Bond thing and get in as many uh, far away locations as possible. And I think they achieved everything they set out to do for the movie. You want an entertaining two-hour ride on Netflix that you didn't pay extra for, and you got big stars, and it's going to be funny, and it's going to be action-packed. Well, there you go. I think it could be trimmed up a little bit, and that goes back to some other uh, podcasts I've done about reviews on streaming movies. I think especially on Amazon and Netflix, but some of the others. We could bring in some Hollywood editors. And I know Hollywood editors did work on some of these movies, but I think Netflix will let a director go a little further, an editor go a little further than a Hollywood producer would, I think. Um, They're very particular about what gets into theaters these days, and it has to be edited down within an inch of his life. Where you find on Amazon and Netflix a lot of times, the movies are like, that was good, but you could probably cut out one or two little subplots there and had a a streamlined little more movie. And that would be the case here. I think just a little bit of editing. It wasn't too long. It wasn't terrible. It it didn't feel like, oh, man, I'm not even going to finish this. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was just like... Okay, that that scene went a little long, but okay, I get it, you know, (laughs) and that happened a few times. But I have found that with more than one of these Netflix and Amazon made for streaming service movies. They just don't seem as heavily edited, good or bad, as movies that we normally get in the theater. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. But if this is the kind of entertainment we can get from streaming services, I will go back to what I used to say about television. Um, In the... When I was young and got into movies, I always said television was like the younger brother of movies. If an actor or a director couldn't make it in the movies, they made television shows. And television was always the secondary art form to movies to me. And in the beginning of the 21st century, when you had HBO making Six Feet Under and Sopranos and stuff, that's when finally shows started approaching movie-level goodness of quality of writing and acting and, and, and that kind of thing. But these days, to me, there are movies that hit the theater. You want to talk about Dune or Godzilla versus King Kong and things like that that need to be seen on the big screen because not just the effects, just they're, they're the way they're shot. It's made to be seen in an audience with a bunch of people on a big screen where everybody goes, woo, and you know, eats their popcorn and that kind of thing, where some of these other movies do not have to be. And I still think we should save the best of the best for the theater, for the theatrical experience, because we start showing some of these straight-to-video movies that don't quite hold up to some of the only-in-theater kind of movies. You do a disservice to somebody that went, man, I came out here tonight, and I spent all this money on concessions and things, and we watched the movie, and it was just okay. I could have stayed home and streamed it. Did not say that when I walked out of the movie Dune. I walked out and went, wow. I'll watch it again on HBO Max, sure, but wow. you know <laughs> That was not something I was like, ah, I could have just watched that at home. No. Um, but some other movies, possibly. And Red Notice, had I seen it in the theater, I don't know how I'd feel. The, some of the, 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 the set pieces are pretty spectacular and pretty big scale. But overall, I recently watched um, uh, Candyman. I just think that was better directed, uh, and, and the cinematography was better in it, too. And it was a $25 million movie with no big stars in it. Mm. So for what, I, for what it's worth, I, I have talked in many of my podcast reviews about why does a young director get a big budget movie for the first time? Um, why, is, why is this $150 million, $125 million movie a first time director? I just can't even imagine. This guy's not a first time director, but this is by far his biggest budget. And he wrote the thing um, and it turned out okay. So hopefully 
um, they continue this on and they get better as they go because now that we've established the characters and the parameters of them, uh, I would love to see Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot back for a, a Red Notice too, if you will, especially since we find out what Red Notice is by the end of the movie, finally. So Red Notice uh, didn't change my world. Probably not something I need to own on Blu-ray or 4K, but watching it on, on Netflix, didn't mind it at all. It was quite entertaining and I have to give it a thumbs up. There you go. Scott Hamilton, Rockfile. Check out below for uh, links to my other projects. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, and most of all, for listening. Have a spectacular day. Mm-hmm.